everyone, this is Will, and you're listening to episode 4 of Sights on Tino. With me is a new co-host. Hello, my name is JM, or John Michael, although some people online probably know me as Turtle or something similar. Well, welcome, JM. Thank you for coming on to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Will. We have a special episode here today featuring a Pokemon that, given your online name, I'm assuming you're a fan of. Yes, indeed. It is okay. one of my favorite starters. Ooh, okay. What what else is up there with your starters? Any stories from the first starters that you ended up picking in the games? Um, yeah, actually, I do have a dirty secret. Uh, so the Pokemon we're talking about is Turtwig. Uh, I actually did not pick Turtwig when I first played through Pearl. Uh, I did pick Piplup. Um, but wow, okay, <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Don't tell uh, Karina. All right, it's gonna be our little secret, but no one, no one else is gonna know, okay? All right, uh, sounds good. <laughs> but that's yeah, awesome. That was my I'm, starter as well. Oh, very nice. I am primarily a water type starter mm-hmm. uh, when I play through the games. Uh, my favorite of all time is uh, uh, Totodile. Oh, really? Not Squirtle, yes. the water type that's also a turtle? You know, I really I, I really do fail at, at being a turtle enthusiast <laughs> when it comes to Pokemon. You know, we can work on the branding later. There's always time for that. <laughs> of course, of course. But yeah, welcome to the show. Just so the listeners learn a little bit more about you, what were some of your first games with with Pokemon and what's your experience been with the anime? Yeah, so I started with Pokemon pretty much as soon as I was able to read and handle a Game Boy device, uh, which for me was right at the transition between Gens 2 and 3 and the shift to the Game Boy Advance systems. Uh, So I originally played through Ruby and Sapphire, Fire Red, Leaf Green, uh, and Emerald was the first game that I actually completed and became the champion in. Uh, because I was a dumb little elementary school kid at the time. Uh, And then I also went back and played through uh, gold and yellow on a translucent purple Game Boy Color that I got from my cousin. Um, So I played through all those, and then through Sinnoh, I played Pearl, and I stopped with Pokemon right after that, so right before Platinum and Heart Gold, Soul, Silver. And I didn't pick up the series again until Pokemon Go came out in 2016, uh, and then later when I got a Switch uh, in 2019. Wow, okay, quite the journey uh, on and off for you. Yeah, uh, very on and off, uh, a lot of time in between. Uh, I did also grow up watching the anime, so I'm very familiar with that, although my memory of, uh, at the time it was the Advance and Diamond and Pearl series was... It's a bit hazy from back then. And then I've gone back since then and seen everything from Kalos onward to the present in terms of the anime. Oh, that's awesome. I've been meaning to do that. I am super familiar with Sinnoh. I got through most of Black and White and I just couldn't I couldn't keep going with that. So I've kind of just skipped to Kalos, which is pretty cool. The art is super nice there. It's probably the best I've seen since Sinnoh, I'd say. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on X and Y soon. Uh, well, I have the games, but, you know, just the anime. Right, right. 
Yeah, for this episode, for anyone who's listening, we'll be covering the next few episodes of the Diamond and Pearl series, which in this case will be episodes 6 and 7. And episode 6 is Different Strokes for Different Blokes, which I think is a pun, not entirely sure on that, but I'm going to go ahead and read the blurb, which goes something like this. When Ash runs into his new rival Paul, Ash wants a rematch and a chance to show off his new Turtwig. The battle takes an unexpected turn when Turtwig disobeys Ash's orders and is then accidentally kidnapped by Team Rocket during their latest attempt to grab Pikachu. Naturally, our heroes thwart Team Rocket's plans, but Ash and Paul are knocked off a cliff in the process. And that's where the series wraps up. It was a nice run. Ash, uh, Ash's funeral is Saturday at 3 p.m choice making the diamond and pearl series five episodes long <laughs> yeah you know if it's all about quality over quantity is what i say didn't even make it to the first gym yeah not even the first gym. <laughs> yeah this is literally the second pokemon that ash has caught and it happened in just the episode prior do you get a chance to watch that or do you need a quick recap no i i had a chance to watch it so i'm familiar with turtwig's introduction as a little stubborn turtle and uh, staunch protector, I would say, of all the other Pokemon of the forest that it knew before meeting Ash. Uh, stubborn is definitely right. I think that's the quality that comes out the most in this episode, as Ash is trying to just, you know, get Churchwick to listen to him when Paul shows up out of nowhere, and they're like, hey, let's have a battle. But it's already not a great start for the relationship, as Ash wants to prove that Turtwig is going to beat this fire-type Chimchar, which is strong against a grass-type like Turtwig. It doesn't help that Turtwig isn't really listening to Ash's commands for it to dodge. Right, it reminded me of like when playing the games, and you would have a Pokemon that's like over-leveled for your badge level. And it would just, like, not listen to your commands. Mm, true, yeah. That's very accurate. And Ash doesn't have any badges, so I don't know if that was something that they considered there. But as you are kind of expecting at this point, if you've been watching the anime, there is Team Rocket who comes out of nowhere and interrupts this battle. Um, but before I get to that, what do you think about Paul so far? I don't really... I can't say I like him yet, but I don't dislike him per se. I think he's interesting. I think I, I get a lot of reminders of Silver from the games, from the Johto games. Mm. Uh, this this idea that everyone around him is pathetic or weak. Uh, he really likes saying pathetic for some reason. Yes, uh, that's his catchphrase. <laughs> and then on top of that, his habit of catching pretty much any Pokemon that he comes across, but then releasing them as soon as he finds them to be too weak for him. Uh, sort of reminded me of the early game version of Silver, or the rival, whatever you named him, mm-hmm. uh, in in Gold and Silver, or Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Gotcha. Yeah, I've definitely heard that comparison before, that he's that he's kind of supposed to represent or be a counterpart to Silver in the games, which I could see, at least in his attitude and how he treats his Pokemon. But I think the anime does a really... I think the anime just takes its time with showing 
how silver is or sorry <laughs> how Paul <laughs> is different than Ash and in the way they treat his Pokemon and right. a lot through this episode because the whole thing kind of starts with Team Rock interrupting the battle and in making Team Rocket blast off Paul and Ash fall into a waterfall or like or they like fall off a cliff Ash lands at the bottom in like a pond thing and <laughs> Paul also gets down there but very very in a very finessed way as I as I would describe it yeah yeah I this scene actually kind of stuck out to me and what was interesting about it was there's sort of a duality between Paul and Ash here in that mm. Paul's falling down and then instead of protecting his Chimchar, because both of them have their Pokemon out at the time, right? Chimchar actually grabs Paul and starts hopping down the cliff face with Paul in his hands. Whereas Ash does the oh. opposite with Turtwig and like holds Turtwig close to him and protects him as he falls, not worrying about like sticking the landing or anything. But his focus is on protecting Turtwig, whereas Chimchar is the one protecting Paul, I guess. Well, with uh, that specifically, it's actually just... It's just Paul and Chimchar both hopping down together. Like, Chimchar isn't carrying Paul. (laughs) But that would be funny. Um, But yeah, they're very much like a soldier and his commander. Right. In terms of relationship and like how they're falling down, like it's not a very intimate or it's not very. What's the word? Like. Yeah, protective or like sympathetic, maybe. Uh, like there's no empathy in how right. they're interacting with each other. It's very much like, Chimchar, this is what you're doing now because. If you don't, you're uh, no one's gonna catch you. <laughs> like that's it for you, right? Chimchar. I'm getting rid of you, and then that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that was a really cool demonstration of how they have their relationships with their Pokemon differ, and it doesn't like it's very subtle. Like you don't really talk about it ever, but you can no. tell as a viewer immediately what you're supposed to get from that moment. Watching this for the first time, you just see how differently they treat the each other's pokemon or their own pokemon rather and it's just so obvious from the start plus you've already seen paul one episode prior so you already have at least somewhat of an idea of what he's like uh but specifically with his chimchar which is his you know partner pokemon uh it's it's interesting to see that rather than like previously you saw him with the starly that he caught and immediately released Right, exactly. And as they come down the cliff and start walking through a forest, Ash is trying to just talk with Paul and, like, you know, be civil with him. But Paul wants no. none of that. Uh, yeah, Paul's not nothing. having it. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm done. Like, we fell off a cliff. I'm like, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I'm just going to move on. But he does tell Ash one tip, which is a little surprising. And that tip is that they're in Bewilderment Forest, which is completely new. It's an anime original location and totally just something that exists for this episode. But Dawn also recognizes that area when she looks at the map that Brock shows her. And 
The only thing that you really need to know about this location is that there's a bunch of Stantler there. And due to Stantler's antlers and kind of nature, they're able to hypnotize people using their horns. And, or antlers. I, I guess they're interchangeable. Are they interchangeable? I don't know. I'll go with that. But, but that's kind of the reason it's called Bewilderment Forest. Because if you walk in there and look at the antlers, they will likely hypnotize you into thinking you're somewhere else. Or just confuse the life out of you. <laughs> Which, of course, happens right. to Ash after he pulls out his Pokedex. And... Right, right. And then leads to some interesting... Uh pretty comical scenes after that yeah they <laughs> the first instance of what happens is ash and churchwick are like walking through a field and the music is the is one of the themes for the show but it's kind of out of tune <laughs> in a really funny way right that tone shift on it yeah it's it's like oh this is the this is going to match this moment but it basically ends up in ash and churchwick being locked in a cycle of not being able to get through the forest uh until right. ash actually gets churchwick to bite him on the head which as we established in the last episode is how churchwick shows affection uh i can say as the owner of two real turtles that is also how they show affection or really? try to show affection yeah they they like biting at things that they are fond of and usually that's me when i'm giving them food oh <laughs> i'm guessing that's not as great for the thing being bitten? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. <laughs> that's really funny. I had no clue, but that's kind of cool that they incorporated that into the show because you see that as a part of his character since Churchwick's introduced. Yeah, and it's also a, a sort of throwback and recurring theme that you see with a lot of Ash's Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, the most mm -hmm. notable one being Totodile, the right. other favorite starter that I have, uh, that would also bite Ash's head whenever it wanted to show affection. Yeah, and now that you say that, I'm also very interested in a Pokemon that later on, which I won't spoil, uh, also shows Ash some affection in that way. But I wonder if that's just a running theme of Reptilian-esque? pokemon maybe i and i um, think it is yeah so that's really cool I'm, I'm glad there's some real world basis for that which is awesome but as we try to get ash back to the real world after being hypnotized by stantler again it's not churchwick that rescues him this time but it's actually paul who apparently is just still in this forest i guess i don't know i expected him to be gone by now but he's like, right, not even still in the forest. He's still right there next to Ash. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't. He hasn't even moved. He's been there the whole time, apparently. I, and... Maybe, like my theory is, he just stuck around because of what happens next, which is him catching a Stantler that tries to battle him. Right, and I think that's a possibility. But the way he like commands Chimchar to, I forget the exact words, but he said something along the lines of like. He called them Lamos first, and then he said, like, Chimchar, let's save them. It's, it shows that he might have a little more depth than mm. we might originally think. But okay. he, brushes it, he brushes it off by saying, oh, I'm just here for the Stantler. Mm, oh, I see. So that's kind of his cover, is what you're thinking. That's, that's what I'm thinking right now. Okay. 
And what happens after this is Stantler being caught. So this Stantler just comes up to it and he's like, all right, I'm going to challenge this Chimchar. And this, okay, this happens multiple times throughout this episode, but Chimchar uses Flame Wheel and it just engulfs the Stantler in fire. And it looks like it's in agony. And it's kind of scary to see. I was like, wow, that is brutal. And I, I'm like, did Paul train Chimchar to do this just to mobilize things that he wants to catch? I, I think so, because it seems to be his like go-to like finisher sort of move. And he, mm-hmm. he doesn't even wait for the attack to end. He catches yeah. the Stantler mid-fire, and like <laughs> it's still on fire while he catches it. Yeah, it's like in Breath of the Wild, like just need to put your chicken or meat next to a fire real, for a hot sack to, to make sure it's cooked. I guess he, he just wants his Pokemon freshly cooked. Right. Um, but the Stantler does not seem to have any lasting effects from this, as we can tell when he does a cool thing where people use the Pokedex for more than one reason which is actually scanning the Pokeball with Stantler in it to be able to tell what moves it has, which I think is a really smart way of implementing that because, like, how do trainers know if they don't have a Pokedex? Uh, Well, that's my first question, but how would trainers know if they're in this world and they're not using, like, their DS and going to the menu? Um, And the Pokedex seems like a really cool solution to that. Right, and it's something I don't think has been seen before in the anime. I Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not super familiar with the seasons before this, uh, but it is touched on briefly in at least Kalos, where mm-hmm. Ash is working with a, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but a dragon Pokemon that evolves, and when it evolves, uh, Clement tells him to use mm-hmm. the Pokedex to scan and see what new moves it has. And that Pokedex is more just a screen and it it doesn't need to scan the actual Pokeball, but it just shows Ash what moves that Pokemon has right off the bat. Gotcha. There might be like one or two instances where it does happen, but I'm pretty sure this season is where it's most prevalent. That's too with Paul, because that's just sort of his shtick at the beginning is mm-hmm. scanning everything and releasing what doesn't work for him. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But Ash is a lot more on the sympathetic side as he tries to share a turtle or <laughs> tries to share an apple with his turtwig. And that's where they start bonding a little bit. And Ash kind of explains that he just doesn't want Turtwig to get hurt. He's looking out for him in battle. Um, and it kind of just resolves that there. Uh, when then Stantler appears and then Ash runs out of the forest, you know, of course that doesn't go right as he accidentally knocks into a tree and Beedrill come out of it, chasing him, um, which then leads to uh, Ursaring, I think, coming out. Um, yes. So this is something I took note of because this is the second Johto Pokemon that's not actually available in Sinnoh to show up in this one episode. Yeah, though there is one exception, 
where you can actually catch its pre-evolution using a Game Boy Advance game. I believe it's Emerald and going to Lake Acuity. Yeah, so if if that's in your TBA slot and you go to Lake Acuity, you can actually have it spawn there, which is kind of cool. Right, okay, so that that does get you that, but it's not actually included in the Sinnoh decks. Neither neither of those two Pokemon are. Yes, uh, I believe so. As this Ursaring, which shouldn't be here, comes out of nowhere, uh, Turtwig and Pikachu start fighting him, and they seem to have, like, a, a an advantage for a second until it just fires a, a Hyper Beam. And uh, that makes him run out of the forest right into Paul, where he's conveniently waiting to uh, flame wheel and roast this Ursaring to catch. Pony hair. <laughs> yeah, you know, if it works, if it works once, so why, why fix it? Why change it? Um, and he does catch it. So Ash is already like, oh, geez, this guy's just going to let it go because he always lets it go. But then Paul's like... Yeah, this one's okay. I'll keep it. And Paul and Ash isn't is still not super pleased. So he wants to continue the battle since it got interrupted by Team Rocket earlier. And Paul initially says no, but then Ash pulls the "Are you scared?" tactic on him, uh, which does seem to work on Paul. The classic anime move to incite a battle. Yes, always make sure that you're. Insulting your opponent's courage, manlyhood, etc. There's a level of annoyance. I, I wouldn't say straight out anger, but annoyance that Ash shows to Paul that I don't remember seeing for a while, except for maybe like Gary Oak. Mm. Yeah, I would say that this is his most productive rivalry since Gary, and arguably even more so, because Gary, I think he only battles, like, once in the first two regions, which are a total of, like, five seasons, while here, he battles Paul within less than ten episodes twice. He just seems like a much more persistent presence, at least so far, and... It seems, because I've seen parts of, uh, I, I've been working on rewatching Kanto as well, and mm-hmm. a lot of those early episodes involve Ash sort of trying to catch up to Gary, and he's never mm-hmm. actually seen, at least through Pewter City, um, Mount Moon in that area, he's not seen at all since Oak's Lab. It's mm-hmm. just everyone he meets, everyone that Ash meets, mentions mm-hmm. that Gary and the other trainers from Kanto have already been here, and Ash is late. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. But, he does show up in a different way, um, which I totally right. About. But but Paul is more present and is actually there, and you actually get that interaction. Yeah, there he brings conflict in a few different ways, both uh, or as a battle, and also just in ideolo- ideological form. Right. But uh, as the battle starts, Ash and Turtwig are much more in sync this time as they are battling at Chimchar again from Paul. But this time, he actually listens to Ash and dodges 
goes into some of Chimchar's holes that he dug after using Dig. And this gives Turtwig an advantage for a few seconds until until Paul like pulls a fast one on him and has Chimchar go into the hole while Turtwig is biting it and use Flame Wheel in there to just cause a geyser of fire to, to erupt. Right, and I think this is probably the move in the episode that really showcases how, I want to say, ruthless Paul is. And I think mm-hmm. that's a fitting word, considering Paul uses revenge very early on in the episode as a motivation for his chimchar. And uh, here, he's willing to just let chimchar kind of incinerate himself. I, I know it doesn't mm. hurt chimchar, but mm-hmm. just to to get up that close to the combat and unleash that strong move in order to win the battle. Whereas Ash is throughout the battle telling Turtwig to trust him. And, uh, you know, there's a very apparent difference between the two uh, that has been shown throughout the episode, but I think here it really comes to light. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what's fun about watching these battles is that there's a lot of layers to it and showing like what's been changing with Ash's teamwork with his new Pokemon and how he's adapting and reacting to Paul's just aggressiveness Uh, and ruthless is a perfect way of putting it in how he treats these battles. He's going for the win and doesn't really care what happens to that end but that pretty much wraps up that episode so again this was episode six of the anime called different strokes for different blokes very appropriate name now looking at it but jm what would you give this episode rating i actually really like this one uh i don't want to compare it to the next one too much uh but i would say of the two it was the one i preferred Maybe I'm a bit biased because it was a very Turtwig heavy episode. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to put it probably on the higher end. I do think it's too early to give out like superstar ratings um, for any of the episodes, but I want to say it's around a six or a seven for me. Really? Oh, okay. All right. I... I, what I liked, sorry, mm-hmm. what I liked about it was the development of the Pokemon and showing those differences between the two characters uh, and a lot happened, I felt yes. like. And I I think that pacing was good. And that's what I really appreciated from it. Definitely. As you can probably tell by looking at this episode, uh, we've spent a lot more time talking about this one than episode seven. But And to me, that also reflects its quality and layers in terms of plot and development. So I'm going to give it an eight, actually. I think it's pretty good. And yeah, it is early, so that might not be the the wisest choice. But I think it's strong, as you said, compared to this next episode, which is episode 7, Like It or Love It. Now, there's, there's like a very stark tone difference between these two episodes. And that might be... Incredibly, yeah. Yeah, that might be as like a palate cleanser, which I totally can see happening. But like, I don't even know if it's worth reading the blurb for this because it's so. uh, I think we can. 
we can quickly summarize it in Team Rocket steals some food from some Pokemon and spends half the episode uh, creating this conflict that's pretty quickly resolved. Yeah, it's basically a conflict to kind of make Piplup rise above its limitations as it tries to learn a contest combination using Bubble Beam and spinning. Um, that's <laughs> that's really it. Team Rocket is kind of like I... the the way that it gets there in a very convoluted fashion, um, involving law and order. <laughs> and lack thereof. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's probably the closest to a kind of filler episode, I would say. The only big moments are that Piplup learns how to use Bubble Beam while spinning in a contest-like fashion. Um, the I, I like that. I don't think it's great, but the details that kind of stuck out to me in a physical animation sense were that when Piplup is first shown spinning and doesn't successfully keep the move going is because it gets dizzy and falls. And when you see it actually succeed in doing that, it does a trick that you do in uh, in dance, which is where you actually put your head and kind of... you it When you're spinning, it'll look like your head is slightly ahead, turned-wise for your body because you're actually spotting something for as long as possible, a specific point in the distance. And that's what keeps you from becoming dizzy if you're doing a motion like that. So I'm curious how much of that was taken from a reference, but that was a cool little detail that could kind of explain why Piplup figured out how to spin, use bubble beam, and not fall over from dizziness. But yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that happens this episode. We see some Golduck, Quagsire, and Poliwag. I think Poliwag isn't in Sinnoh, so that was just another. Yeah, that was just yeah another thing there. Uh, you do it's, see a bunch of berries. A lot of berries. Um, and then one thing I wanted to say was that it's interesting that they haven't shown a lot of Sinnoh, like new Sinnoh Pokemon yet. Like we've mm-hmm. seen Baneri. Starly and the starters. And we And seen... I think maybe a Bidoof? No, actually no Bidoof. But we have seen Cricketot, Burmy, the and the Starly family, and I think Primplup for a brief second. Oh yeah, we have seen Primplup, yes. Um but in terms oh and Badoo. Yes. Yes. Um but in terms of like featured Pokemon to get episodes of, which is something mm-hmm. that I know is very consistent in the later seasons, like Kalos and Alola, where they focus specifically on the new Pokemon being introduced and give them a whole episode or so. It's interesting that we're almost to the first major city and haven't really had much of that aside from the starters. I think because... The Pokemon of the Week slash Character of the Week formula can get a bit old. And mm-hmm. this episode and this series in general is very much story-driven. So, besides some of these, like, you know, the sacrifices that have to be made here with having a more filler 
kind of placeholder to to kind of move the plot along a bit uh, are are things I kind of like about it because it means you don't have to always be fatigued with like, all right, what's the new Pokemon this week? All right, what's the new Pokemon this time? Right, and and go through all this setup. Uh, the the thing about this one with the structure is it felt like it wasn't going anywhere for yeah. the first half, that's and true. that's like I I adore Team Rocket. I love Team Rocket. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Meowth do his first uh, boss hypothetical fantasy of yep. the season, uh, which I really enjoyed from uh, the Advanced series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of paused when there was a uh, an allusion to a gay joke about James. Oh, really? That was kind of that. That snuck in there when he uh, when he sends out Carnivine. Uh, he says, or Carnivine bites him like it always does as it comes out. And James says, I'm not a piece of fruit, no matter what anyone says, <laughs> which I kind of, I kind of paused there and was like, oh, he really just said that. Okay. That's funny. I totally missed that. Um, but I mean, the jokes and comic relief aside, it really didn't feel like Team Rocket was mm-hmm. doing much of anything. And it, it was the 10 minute mark before it cut back to Don and Piplup and the gang, yeah, uh, who hadn't shown up yes. since before the title splash. Yeah, the closest thing you, of development you see here is for Piplup with the move, and you also see mm-hmm. Piplup at one point kind of just sneak away to practice the move. But that's really it, and yeah, I I think it was a fine episode, not super memorable. You kind of just need to watch the first few minutes in the last to, to get the point that oh people learns the move in this episode but yeah how would you yeah it's decent yeah pretty decent so for me the score for like it or lup it is i'm gonna give it a five out of ten okay i'm gonna go one below you again i was gonna say a four. Oh, okay um i think again and I don't, I don't want to compare it too much to episode six, but the pacing is again what really caught me on this one. It was a bit of the opposite, and I felt like the two episodes are meant to work together as, like, give Ash and Turtwig a time to develop, mm-hmm. and give Dawn and Piplup a time to develop. And I think they both achieve that goal. I think without Piplup having something to compare itself against it doesn't land as hard as say turtwig versus chimchar yes definitely there isn't a lot of duality going on here it's kind of just like oh let's also make it about this but right yeah i you know they they can't all be winners <laughs> right um, right and i i don't hate the episode i, mm-hmm. I think it was fun uh, I just think in terms of achieving what it was supposed to, I think it fell a little short on that. Totally. But yeah, I do it, like it. It's definitely not terrible, but uh, not the best is, I think, where I would land on that. But yeah, that is pretty much it. Unless you have any final thoughts on these two episodes for Diamond and Pearl? Uh, no, that's basically all I had. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you for joining us jm on episode four of sites on suno thank you for having me it was a pleasure yeah excited for more of these definitely i'm excited to see where we put you next on the schedule 
but any predictions for party members that you might see on Ash, Dawn, or Brock's team in case you aren't that far ahead in uh, spoilers? I, I'm i aware of two, so I don't okay. want to go too deep into predictions, but I'm aware of one for Dawn and one for Ash. Uh, and actually, I think the Dawn one is shown technically if you're watching the opening credits yes <laughs> i did point that out to brady a few episodes ago but if anyone right, wants so to watch ex- those yeah i'm excited to see that one get introduced and then mm-hmm. i'm sure we're just moving straight forward into contests and gyms that's kind of the the logical next step here yes and i'm excited to see how that starts off but as all great things do they start and they stop as does this episode of sites on sino isn't that smooth uh but again nice. thank you for joining us for episode four of this series and thank you to jm for coming by if people want to follow you somewhere on the internet where can they do that probably the best place would be my twitter that's where i do most of my pokemon related social media posts um let's see which would be at turtle guy 512 uh that's also the username i use on twitch and a couple other platforms awesome sounds good all right then we will catch you next week and until then have a good one have a good one